Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
your holy name for this offerings received in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We have more performance. Hallelujah. We have the creative acts campaign this morning. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and welcome them upstage. Amen. Put your hands together for the performance of the Creative Acts campaign. Amen. You can clap with us. Stare up your gifts and 
obey the call Leave the gate, use the gate Stare up the gate, come on and stare it up the gift of God. Hallelujah. Let's appreciate them one more time. Amen. The RC band. Amen. We have a testimony in the house. Hallelujah. We have a testimony in the house. Are we ready in the back? Okay. She's sharing her story on behalf of the business community and on behalf of the prestigious Greater Love members. Oh, do it better for her. Oh, put your hands together for Dr. Joyce. Wow. Hallelujah. Um, I want to thank God that Bishop Gag was born. And I think like our other brother that he was born for me. My name is Joyce Zabuda, and I joined Lighthouse in, I think, 29 years ago. <laughs> that was in um, April, April 1989. April 1989. I just finished medical school. I just finished medical school, and I came home to Ghana in March, and I okay. <laughs> and I joined Lighthouse in April. And when I was coming from Europe after eight years, I came with 50 francs 
50, 50 francs. That, that was all the money. That was all the money I came with. Yes, please. And I understand that is 200 Ghana cities now. So that was all the money I came with, a doctor in Kolibu and very broke. And I'll join the Trotro line in Seco, and I'll join the Trotro, and when it's time to pay, somebody will say, doctor, I've paid for you. In tree, doctor, metriamo. And that happened a few times. I decided that no, I have to believe God to move to taxi. So now I started joining the pool taxi, and again, I start paying. Oh, doctor, don't worry, I've paid for you. But that was where I was. But gradually, as I sat at the feet of Bishop Dag, my father and the prophet, God started lifting me up. And I remember my first car, which was a two-door confiscated car. I mean, it changed my life. Gradually, I went into private practice. Daddy was there when I started. It was a small garage, almost empty. He came, he dedicated it, prophesied over my life. Some few years later, we moved on to a bigger facility. That is our to-do branch, uh, CNJ Medicare to-do. Again, Daddy was there praying and supporting and encouraging. Six years ago, we started another facility, wow. and that is our Lashibi, our Lashibi branch. And then I embarked on what we call international accreditation. And on the 18th of May, just last week, we became the first hospital, first ever hospital in Ghana to be internationally accredited for quality of oh, care. Why don't you put your hands patient. together for Jesus? Wow. wow. I'm sure you soon hear the news all over. I'm not talking about ISO. Some of you know ISO. That's not what I'm talking about. This is ISQUA. That's a higher level. In the doctor's You are going higher too in Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. And by God's grace, in July, will be 25 years. Wow. But though I testify concerning my business, I believe that Daddy has impacted my life in every area. I mean, in ministry, one day he saw me and said, Joyce, I saw you. You are becoming a pastor. Make sure you become a pastor. And I became a pastor in 2001. At one time, I was believing God for a baby. And I'd been all over the place. And then one day I took uh, another person to daddy for counseling. And then during the middle, he just stopped and said, Joyce, do you know you are going to have a baby? I was like, <laughs> then he goes again, Joyce, do you know you are going to have a baby? And that was what it was. I got pregnant and I had a baby. Is that baby Dr. Janice? No, that baby is Elder Charles. Wow. <laughs> I'll give the Lord a shout of praise. The baby is very big now. That's a blessing. Wow. And I mean, time will not permit me, but every aspect, my health, my marriage, every area of my life, Daddy has impacted me. And this morning, as I was just thinking about it, the Holy Ghost dropped a song in my spirit. And, oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, that, no, I'm not singing. The song is... He makes all things beautiful in his time. Wow. 
And as I sang and worshipped, I believe the Holy Ghost impressed upon me that what he had done was to make me beautiful. As I sat under daddy's feet through all the issues, he was changing me and making me beautiful from inside and giving me a beautiful life. And daddy, I want to say thank you. But because of your obedience, I have a beautiful life. together for Dr. Jones. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. Uh, you, you may not understand. I'm not talking external beauty. I'm talking about beauty within. And as I end, I just want to say that I know the Lord has not finished with me. And as we start attempting great things for God, I want you all to believe with me to expect greater things from God. Happy birthday, Daddy. I appreciate you so much. Hallelujah. Oh, celebrate Jesus, somebody. Amen. Wow. Hallelujah. I think it's a very powerful testimony. Amen. I see your story changing also. I said, I see your story changing. Hallelujah. She moved from riding on a trotro to a what? A taxi. Hallelujah. Amen. She never believed or dreamed she would be where she is today. Amen. And as you keep serving the Lord, the Lord is going to change your destiny also. Hallelujah. Well, this is the very essential part of the service. Amen. It's time to hear the word of God again. Hallelujah. And we have a vessel in the house. Hallelujah. We have a powerful man of God in the house. Reverend Patrick, shall we put our hands together as we welcome him upstage? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How lovely. How lovely. The mountains are the feet of them who pray good news. Announcing peace, announcing peace, proclaiming words of happiness. And I got rid of I got
life go fine, Keke. Okay. Hallelujah. Wasn't that a wonderful public bus to Uber to private car. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, from, from a bus to taxi to what else? Your own two-door car to your own. God will make your life beautiful. You see, the Bible says that uh, Psalm 23 says, here do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? What? For his whether one says that for his name's sake, which one is that one? For what? His name's sake. God's name is at stake when it comes to your life. Hallelujah. You know, as a parent, you want your child to, let's say, go to a great school. Sometimes not for the child, it's for you. True or not true? Yeah. Sometimes it's not just for the child. Because your name is at stake. That at least you did something good for your child. You know, and sometimes the reason sometimes that some in-laws don't accept certain daughters or sons is also because their name is at stake. Is that all that is this what my son could do? Or my daughter could do? Do you get it? In the same way, God's name is at stake when it comes to your life. Do, do you get it? And sometimes God blesses you not because of you because of his name you know he told the israelites i've blessed you not because of you but because of abraham do you understand so sometimes you don't have to look at your own righteousness to see if you qualify for god's grace or not he will beautify your life for his sake put your hands together for him amen wonderful well this afternoon uh, rev asked me to share something with you on tithing hallelujah He's out and about preaching and doing the work of God. Hallelujah. So this is our, our lunch service. We had our breakfast service. That's our first service. Hallelujah. This is our afternoon service. And the first service talked about taming the tongue. Hallelujah. Taming the tongue. And this afternoon, we're going to talk about tithing and the loss of sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. Tithing and the loss of what? Sowing and reaping. Hallelujah. Now, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this moment. We pray that your Holy Spirit will bring us conviction. We do not pray for oratory. We do not pray for anything. But all we are asking is conviction. But may your presence be here to speak to our hearts. For you are the policeman of our hearts. Speak to us. Convict us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, so those of us who know much about uh, farming know that um, what food does not just appear on your table. Do, 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 do you get it? Somebody has to what? Sow and then reap and eventually bring it to you. Is, is that the case? Yeah. And that is how uh, food, a lot of things get to us. And normally, or not normally, but everything that is sown is also sown with a seed. Okay. And it works because the Bible says that seed time and harvest time shall not cease. Do you get it? So what God is saying is that the world is made of a sowing and what? Reaping. That is why there's a common say you sow, you reap what you want. You sow, because it's in the Bible. It's actually in the Bible. You, you, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall you reap. Do you get it? 
So sometimes what you are reaping in your life is also a result of what you're sowing. You know, if you see all things being equal, I'm not saying that all things being equal, if you see people who are, let's say, driving very nice car, living in big houses, you go into their lives, you realize that they are sowing a lot of time to work hard. You see, I have a friend, you know, a classmate who uh, drives a car that I, I'm jealous of. Well, in, in, a ba- in a good way, you know. I always tell myself that I will drive this car one day. It's a Mercedes-Benz GL500 AMG, you know. <laughs> and that car costs you know, quite a lot of money. And I look at his life. He leaves home at around 6 a.m. and comes at 8 p.m. And I said, look, to, to get this type of car, it's, it's not this type of <laughs> nine-to-five type of job. <laughs> you know, you have to sow a lot of time and energy to be able to afford. It's not every rich person is, you see, some of we have to change our mindset about rich people. You know, if someone is, hmm, these people, you know, they are doing drugs and it's not, it's not true. Most rich people are honest people. Do you get it? It's sometimes our jealousies. You know, Jesus said that, you know, it's very difficult for, <laughs> what, a rich man to, hmm, I mean, they should drive their cars in heaven, we'll all be working, so it doesn't matter, you see, it's jealousy. <laughs> jealousy, you are, you are covering your, because you, you never see a rich man saying such a, uh, uh, saying such a thing. True or not true? All oh, these things, you see, Camry, we all drive the same, at the end of the day, it all takes us to work and we come, but it's not necessary, you know, no, no, please, please, I beg you. Please, just accept that you are jealous. Don't sugarcoat your jealousy with scriptures. Okay? Yeah. And I was saying that he sows a lot of time. Do you get it? To be able to afford to, to drive what he's driving. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Because the world is full of what? There's a law that works, which is the law of sowing and reaping. Do you get it? If you sow... Um, good dieting, and going to the gym, you will reap long life. Do you, do you get it? All things being equal, you can reap what? Long life. Do you see? If you sow, uh, what, what, what else can you sow? If you sow savings, you reap a good pension one day. True or not true? Yeah. You see, so this is a natural law that works. You see, God made only two people in this world. Adam and Eve. Since then, he hasn't made any more human beings. Now, all the seven billion people who live on this earth is a result of what? Sowing. Adam decided to sow some seeds. You know what I'm talking about. True or not true? And from two, we have seven billion. Do <laughs> you get it? And then two sowed, and then they sowed, they sowed, they sowed, they sowed, they sowed. And you see, that is why he made the law and he said that. You have to be what? fruitful and multiply. Do you get it? And it's a requirement for every creation, the fishes, the horses, whatever. Everybody has to sow seeds because God did not just make them. He also put seeds in them. Do you get it? That they have to sow the seed and gain out of it. Seed time and harvest time. Do you get it? And you have to see this in your life. You see, your life is half sowing and half harvesting. Do you get it? The first, let's say, 50 years of your life, or 55, is just sowing. Sowing. Working hard. 
going to school. Do you get it? And then after a certain time, you begin to reap. You begin to reap. You have more than enough money to travel there. We say, look, don't envy um, older people. Don't. You see, because sometimes if you are young, you envy them. Oh, they, they are not cool. Some of them have money that they don't even know what to do with it. Oh, yeah, it's true. You see, when you are young, you see, one of the delusions of young people is to think that youth is the way to go. Do you get it? But when someone, when you get older and look at your life, you see how useless your thoughts were, how bad your decisions were. Did you get it? How, how broke you were? You know, I was talking to one lady. He said, look, this type of father give, I give type of man. He doesn't like them all. You know, father give, I give. This type of young man. He said, if a father gives them, then they also come and give. <laughs> he said, father give, I give. <laughs> this type of young man, who went, it's only when their father gave that they also give. I don't like them. <laughs> Do you get it? Hey, you shouldn't envy uh, older people. Sorry, not, don't, don't feel bad for them. Just because they're a little older or whatever, maybe you might think that because you are younger, you know, your life is all there is. That's the delusion of being young. And you will also grow old one day. One thing I want to tell you, see, let's not despise older people. I don't know why I'm saying this. Don't despise your parents. Do you get it? Don't despise people just because they are old, they are using a cane, they can't run as fast, or they are not as, as cool as um, you are. Because coolness will fade one day. And your mother was cooler than you at her age, at when she was like you. You go and ask her. Your father was cooler than you. <laughs> do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Anyway, that's just, the offering doesn't cover that one. <laughs> okay. But I'm saying that there is a natural law of what? Sowing and what? Reaping. Okay. Let's go, let's look at a few scriptures. A few scriptures. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. It says that, while the earth remains, seed time and what? Harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not what? Seeds. Do you get it? So you realize the Bible is saying what? Seed time and harvest time will not cease. Okay. And then Ecclesiastes 1.7 says that all the rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. What God is saying is that, you see, the reason why the sea does not cease to have water is that the sea sows. When rivers run into the sea, the sea gives up that water in the form of what? Evaporation. And then thus it forms the clouds, it condenses it falls as rain into the river, and then the river flows back into the sea. So the sea is always increasing because the sea is always sowing and always reaping. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So the sea, the all, so you and I also need to create that cycle of sowing and reaping in our lives. Do you understand? You see, when you are young, it's time for you to work hard. You cannot be bling bling when you are 35 years old. Do you understand? There is a time you are going to bling bling. Tell your neighbor there's a time for that. <laughs> Do you understand? There is a time to drive certain cars. You know, there's a time to wear certain shoes. There is a time to wear certain dresses. There's a time to wear certain watches. But it gets to a stage in your life where 
all you can afford is the $20 watch from Walmart. It's okay. That is your level. Do, do you understand? You, 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 you heard the testimony. She said that she was what? In a bus. Okay? And then, truck, 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 truck. Some of you don't know truck, truck. Truck, truck means public bus. You get, and then she moves to taxi. Okay? And then she moves to what? A two-door car. And then what else? A hospital. Now I'm sure she can afford whatever car she wants to drive. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? But it did not start from cloud nine. It started from cloud one, two, three, four. But you see, you have a lot of young people who want to bling when they are 40. And then when you get to 60, you have nothing. And you still don't have nothing. Do you get it? It comes, this is the time for you to sow. This is the time for you to work hard. This is the time for you to get up Monday to Friday, 8 to 5. This is the time for you to go to school. This is the time for you to study. Do your GRE, do your TOEFL, do your GMAS, whatever. Study. A time will come when you have money more than enough to buy whatever food, whatever shoe, whatever you want to buy. Do, 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 do you get it? Yeah. It shouldn't be like you, see, you want to taste the best of the world when you are young. A time will come when, listen, if you don't put money aside. Anyway, we'll get to that. Amen. Let's read some more scriptures. Galatians 6.6. 6. You know that, right? Those who taught the word of God should provide for their teachers. Those who are taught. It means that feed what feeds you. The pastor who feeds you, you also should feed him. Do you get it? Sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their sinful desire will harvest decay and death from their sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest eternal life from the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says that, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Do you get it? I think it's from the NLT. I don't know which one. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Do you see that? So you realize that God wants, God, there's a cycle of what? Giving and what? Um, sowing and reaping. Giving and what? Receiving. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Do you understand? It's a spiritual law that exists in the world. Just as we have laws of what? Gravity, thermodynamics, and what have you. One of the spiritual laws that exist in this life is the law of what? Giving and receiving, sowing and reaping. Do you, do you understand? And you can't cheat that system. It's something that God has made. You see, all the animals that have gone extinct, do you know why they went extinct? Because most of them failed to uh, produce. Well, of course, uh, there's hunting and all those things that took them away. But one of the reasons why a lot of animals go extinct is that they don't produce enough. Haven't you read the ant is still around? Sometimes you wonder, you built this new house of yours, and an ant finds a way into the cookie jar. And you go to Walmart and buy this uh, spray and kill all of them. But you see, they've laid so many eggs that you kill the grandfather, the grandson will be coming. 
one, one day, you say, and they are alive because they, they know they have to multiply. They have to sow more seeds. They have to sow more seeds because if you kill one, at least the other one will be there. Do you understand? And in your life, you also have to believe that you have to make this law work for you. Are you with me? You really have to make this law work for you. That there is something called what? Sowing and reaping. You know, one day, there was this man who took his father to um, this adult home. What did they call it? Nursing home. And then his, the, the man's grandson was crying. Say, Daddy, don't take Daddy there. Let Daddy be at home. I will play with him. I want Daddy. The man said, no, 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 no. It's a bother. I have to leave him there. And the child says, okay, now I know where I'm going to take you when you also grow up. You will reap what you sow. Hallelujah. Are you with me? How you treat your parents, your child will treat you like that one day. How you treat your boss at work. The boss that you don't respect. You see, I'm so sorry to say that people say sometimes Christians make the lousy workers, employers, employees. TDJ says that when he goes to a saloon, you know, this type of saloon where, okay, Jehovah Jara type of, Jehovah Jara haircut, El Shaddai hair, uh, whatever. He, said, he runs away from those businesses. Because from his experience, he's realized that this type of, we, we don't provide good services. You go there, oh, the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord be with you. We're not doing church here. We are here to do business. I need my hair curled very well. I need, because I'm going to preach on a Sunday. And I need my hair curled and my nails done very well. I don't need scriptures. I've had enough of it. You better shut up and do my nails well. That is what I need. I didn't come here for scripture from Leviticus and Ezekiel. No, please, my pastor has told me enough. I need you to just do my nails well. So when I'm preaching, at least, you know, I, 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 can, I, can, be, I can be moving my hands. <laughs> did, did you get it? Yeah. It shouldn't be like that. The way you treat your boss, it would happen to you. The way you treat your children. You know, they say that parents who... Billy Graham said that one of his regrets of his life is the fact that he didn't sow enough time in the life of his children. Are you with me, church? One of his biggest, he said that many of those travels he made had to be made, but then he realized that most of them were also unnecessary. That's a regret of his life. I was like, really? That's what he wrote. And all his children had very, some way marriages. I mean, it's, it's very bizarre. Do you get it? I mean, you see him perfect preaching behind. You see, that's regret. What you sow is what you reap. Do you understand? And when it comes to money, what you sow is also what you reap. Hallelujah. God, when, you see, when God blesses you with money, See it as a fruit. Okay? And every fruit also had a seed in it. And the seed is what you give as a tithe, what you give as a charity, or what you give to bless other people. That is the seed. 
if I give you a mango fruit, it will definitely have a seed in it. Do you understand? And you normally, what do you do with a seed? You normally plant it for more mangoes. So if I give you one mango, you can have a whole forest of mangoes. True or not true? Because think about it. One mango seed can give you thousands of trees, thousands of other. It's, it's a very powerful thing. You plant one tree, one fruit, one, sorry, seed, and out of that comes a tree. And that tree now is going to give you so many fruits. Every harvest, you are still getting something. Every season, something is coming up. Do you get it? It's a natural law and it's also a spiritual law. When God gives you money, out of your tax return, there is a seed and a fruit part. Out of your bonus, there is what? A seed part and a fruit part of it. Are you with me? And what do you do? I mean, when I give you a you don't chew the whole mango. You see, you bite the fruit, you bite the, the seed, and you swallow the seed into it. No, you don't do that. You get it. You have to know that, look, this is a seed, and we sow seeds. Do you understand? And this is the fruit, and we have to sow the fruit. We have to eat the fruit. Do you get it? And then you sow the seed, and then you eat the fruit, and then you keep that cycle of blessings going on in your life. Because the Bible says that when you give, God causes men to give unto you. You see, Bishop was saying that one of the most mysterious things he's found in his life is that of wealth. That wealth is a very supernatural thing. One day, he was praying. He was with a rich person. He was doing ministry. He wasn't working, and he needed some money. And he was praying, God, cause this rich person to give me something. And the rich man did not give him anything. And then all of a sudden, his sister, who lived in Switzerland, something just touched her heart to just send him money. And he, then he realized that money is very supernatural. Are you with me, church? One day, one, a pastor called me. He said that he was driving from Florida to the West Coast. Driving, not flying, driving. What is it? Driving. And then as he told me, that he didn't even ask me for money. I just began to feel... I should send him some money. And then I just said I was going to send him, uh, you know, something very little to buy gas. And then when I called him, I said, oh, I've sent you some money to buy gas. He said, do you know what? As I'm speaking to you now, I'm standing at the gas station, and I don't even have money to fill the tank, and I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's a spiritual thing. <laughs> do, do you get what I'm saying? It's a spiritual thing. You know, that, what was it that impressed upon me to just say that? Let me give this guy some money to just fill his tank for three stops that will take him there. Uh, yeah, what I gave him will give him three stops uh, to take him exactly to his destination. It's a spiritual thing. May God cause people to give unto you. May, may your, God cause your boss to give you a raise. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It takes something supernatural for your resume to be picked. You applied for the job. There were 60 people. Some were more qualified than you. The, you see, the Bible says that the race is not for the swift, but time and chance. But we know that as Christians, our lives are not determined by chance, 
But you can remove the word chance and say, grace determines us all. Do you understand? Sometimes you apply for a job, and then you realize that you apply for a job. You see, 90 people have applied for this job. And then you are called for the interview. And then you look at your name. Your name is not even job friendly. <laughs> do, do, do you get it? And then sometimes maybe they gave it to the first person who was more qualified, but the person turned it down. Do you see? And then they gave it to the second person who was more qualified, and the person said, well, I can't move to this job. Can I get these terms and conditions? They said, we can't give it to you, and the person turns it down. And then they give it to you. And you sometimes wonder, what was it? It wasn't by your speed nor your degree, by grace. By grace, by grace, simply by grace. You see, so when you have a job, God is the one who has given you that job. It might be difficult, your boss might be evil, your co-workers might be evil, but you have to accept it, that God gave me this job. Do you get it? Don't despise your work, which most of us Christians do. Don't despise your work. If you say, God, give me my daily bread, you are indirectly saying, God, I need a job. Because how are you going to eat? If you don't work, you won't eat, as the Bible says. So as you pray that, God, I need to eat, you are saying that, God, I need what? A job. It's animals have to even work to eat. Lions. It's not easy to be a lion. <laughs> I mean, look. It's not easy to be a lion. To find food to eat. And the antelopes too are very wild. And they can run. You see, and you see some of the antelopes, they've made some agreement with monkeys. So, so most of them feed under trees. So if there's a lion coming, the monkey will alert them. Have you seen that documentary before? Yeah, the monkey would just make some, and then they all run. And you see, for some reasons, I don't know whether the monkeys can say north, south, east. They, say, wah, wah, wah. they just make some noise, and all the antelopes will go a certain way. And then the monkey said, they're on the left, so go on the right. <laughs> and they all, go. it's not easy. And you see, a lion's kill rate is like one out of 20, uh, one, 20 attempts to eat. Sharks sometimes have to swim for 5,000 miles to find food. But you drive only 20 minutes to work. It's the grace of God. Anytime you get to God, say, God, I thank you that I have my daily bread. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you have to say, God, I thank you that I have my daily bread. You get it? Yeah. So I'm just saying that don't despise your work. That is what God has given you. That's how he provides for you. It is his gift to you. Amen. Well, let's come back to sowing and reaping. Do you get it? Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Second Corinthians 9, 6 says that, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Again, you see sowing and what? Reaping. Do you see that? Now, there are some laws of sowing and reaping that I want to share with you. Number one. Number one. Use some of your harvest as a seed. Use some of your harvest as what? A seed. Hallelujah. God does not just give you fruits. If within every fruit, he gives you a seed. Are you with me, church? So your paycheck is a fruit. And out of that, you should take a certain portion, which is 10% or more. Do you get it? To say that I'm going to tithe with this as a seed. Okay, 
That is one. Because when you do that, you also activate the supernatural law of giving. As you gave $50, $100, $200, whatever it is, God will also cause men to give to you. Do you understand? And sometimes it's not just the giving, but also the prevention of certain losses in your life. Yeah. You see, many of us, we don't know the value of what we have. The value of your health. Do you get it? I know one guy whose son drank Drano. Do you know Drano? So his esophagus and everything was burnt. And the child could not swallow. And they had surgery for over four years. And when the doctors brought the bill, I mean, you know, they know he couldn't pay. And he said he couldn't pay. It was $2 million. $2 million. Osophagus. You see, your ability to swallow. And you, you know your blows, you know, your food. Your, your, it's, not, it's not easy. You know, the ability to swallow is what? $2 million. Your ability to sleep. Go and ask Michael Jackson. So, I mean, some of you, if you sleep, you are like near-death experiences. You know, you're sleeping. We, we, we have to blow a car horn for you to wake up. You don't know that that is a blessing of the Lord. The Bible says God gives to his beloved even in their sleep. Sleeping. People are taking medications just to sleep. I know a guy, listen, he can't lie down to sleep. He has to stand. So they created a mattress that was like slanted, close to about this, so that at least he would lay slant on it and sleep. He couldn't lie down. But you, every position works for you. <laughs> Whether lying on the side, on the back, on your tummy, put your head down, you can sit and sleep. You can even stand in the subway and you are sleeping. Stand at the bus stop and sleep. It's the blessing of the Lord. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So sometimes it's not just that God gives, but also what God prevents from happening to you. Recently, I was just moving my, um, my car window. And I just saw well, the window was broken. And I just began to mark, oh my goodness, another bill. <laughs> did, did you get what I'm saying? Another bill. May God prevent us from just using our money just to pay bills. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. May God just really help us. Because without that grace, listen, you may be working, but the Bible says that you can put it in a pocket of holes. You got a paycheck, but it went into a pocket of what? Of holes. You got it. You got the money all right, but it just came and it just flew away. Do you understand? So some of the way God blesses you as be, because you are sowing seeds, it's not just because you're going to get, okay, a, a double raise, but also what he prevents from getting to you. Hallelujah. What he prevents from your child not getting to some problem, you know, for some bad experiences in your family. Just, just God just, there's so many ways that God prevents us. You see, when the devil came to Job, he said that, God, have you not put a hedge around his life? 
Have we not put a hedge around his family, his houses, his cars, his donkey? Even the donkeys had hedges around them. Oh, may God put hedges around us, around our health. Indirectly, it was like there was an immune system around Job's finances, his, his health, his everything. And when we, we read the story, then we begin to know that, oh, this is the reason why nothing happened to Job. Because there was a hedge around him. May God put a hedge around you. Are you with me? As you continue to sow, you give tithe, you're giving offerings, you're helping people, you're helping charity, orphanages. You don't know that God is also preventing things from happening to you. And in this life, you will know that there are so many things that can chop your money. Hey, the Bible says that as you know, as your wealth increases, so are the eaters. So it looks like the eaters are also arranged based on your... So new income, new eaters... Sometimes that's why you sometimes don't see differences. But you see, may God control your eaters. Because the eaters, sometimes sometimes it could be just a bad ticket from nowhere. A bad ticket from nowhere that you never planned for. A fine from nowhere. Reverend was saying that he left his, his garbage can in front of his driveway. And that became a court suit that he has to pay a fine for. I mean, look at this. Where I come from, leaving your garbage in front of your house is not a problem. <laughs> you, you, you can leave it there for three weeks and for maggots to overflow. And sometimes you don't even have, people will come and scavenge and take all the good things out of it for you. Recycling. <laughs> do, do you get it? But you can, it, it can happen to you that a, a fine from nowhere, a ticket from nowhere, a, a, a neighbor said you did this to them, your dog bites somebody, it becomes a thousand dollar bill. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So you, see, you cannot trust yourself to make yourself rich. Do you understand? You cannot trust yourself to make yourself rich. The Bible says that God is the one who gives us power to make wealth. It means he gives us the power to increase and power to also stop us from decreasing what he has also given us. One secret, let me tell you something. Most rich people can't tell why they became wealthy. The truth of it is, at the end of the day, is grace. Bill Gates, there are so many people who are like Bill Gates who left school to pursue their passion. None of them succeeded. It's grace. It's grace. Some of the people, how to be rich, how to this. Look, I can give you how to be rich book. You may get 10 million, but a whole of 10 million can also be plugged in your life. A simple lawsuit. You know, Bill Clinton was saying that. I was just listening to his interview, and he was saying that he left the White House with $60 million in debt. Because of one encounter with Lewinsky. $16 million. That's why they started their foundation. What do they call it? Clinton Foundation and then people were donating money because the guy was hot. You see, so you might think that, oh, he has a lot of increase. He's a president, whatever. But the guy is $16 million in debt. It's not an easy place to be. Poorer than he started. Just because of one encounter, a kiss, a hug. Whatever you can call it after that. <laughs> a little more than that. <laughs> do, 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 do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's the price of it. Sometimes you have to thank your wife for this thing. It costs 16 million. <laughs> thank your wife. <laughs> yeah, thank your wife. 
it cost 16 million dollars. <laughs> it's by grace. Most rich people will tell you, it's just by grace. Just by, just by grace. There are so many basketball players, good players around. But how, them, how many of them become like LeBron James? Or Steve Carey? It's by grace. Oh, work hard. Number two. Yes, we are going to do all these things. But if the element of grace is missing, I won't amount to anything. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to study. I'm going to be with my books. I'm going to apply for the job. But if grace, 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 grace doesn't get into the picture, I am nothing. I'm going to look cute. I'm going to put on the hair. I'm going to do all the makeup. I'm going to walk the walk and talk the talk. I'm going to be polished. But see, God is the one who puts it in the heart of a man to say, who is that lady? I think I like this one. You see, sometimes men love women for very stupid reasons. But they are supernatural. One day, you see, I met a guy. He says, ask for him. He likes women whose hands have turned like this. Like You know, you know how some people's hands are? Yeah, it says, no, like the, the elbow kind of pushes in a little. He says that that is the type of a woman. So as you are also, you made a makeup, you dressed well, you spoke well, you prayed about it. Then God causes someone to just see your Alanta. And then you ask him, you ask him, why did you choose me? And he doesn't have an answer. Because the answer is very stupid. The Bible says that Samson fell with a woman, fell in love with a woman from Timnath. And he talked to his parents, and the parents said, we don't agree. And by then he went ahead. And the Bible says that they didn't know that this doing was of the Lord. It was God who even caused Samson to fall in love with Delilah. Because you don't fall in love with a Delilah. Because the scripture said the Lord was looking for an occasion to avenge the Philistines. Grace. So if you are Delilah, you think that, oh, you are the cutest. I know how to cook. My hips are bigger. My boobs are pointer. You don't know. That is by grace. By grace. Hallelujah. Yeah. So that's why many of us, don't, don't boast. Don't boast. Don't boast if your marriage is still intact. It's by grace that your marriage is not broken. Don't boast if your children are doing better. It's by grace. It's by grace. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen watch, but in vain. It's by God's grace that you are still alive. Your classmates are dead, but you are still alive. It's by grace. Because you are eating the same food that they are eating. You see, I was watching a documentary. I posted this thing on one of our WhatsApp group about this man who is 112 years old. He eats butter pecan every evening before he, he sleeps. Butter pecan ice cream. But the doctors will say, don't eat it. It's too late. But he says, that's for him. That's what he does. And he's now 112 years old. I said, look, this thing eh, is by grace. 
is simply by the God has kept him. That's all. Because you can't explain it. You can't explain it. He went to war. He didn't die. He was never shot. He came back. He was in the Second World War. Do you get it? He came back. His, his wife is 90, 99 years old. Yeah. And they, he drives as of now, 112 years old. He drives. And he said he eats butter pecan. But you are saying that, oh, my wait, I want to live. It's true. But butter pecan without the grace of God, will you still die? But you can still eat butter pecan with grace and still live. It's by grace. It's by grace. I mean, I just look at his life. I say, look, this is just grace. He said that God has just kept him alive for somebody else. He doesn't know. That's what he said. He doesn't know why he's still alive. That's all. He doesn't know why he's still alive. By grace of God. And it's the grace of God that can make you rich. Because money is very spiritual. Do you understand? So don't be afraid to give. Are you with me? Don't be afraid to give 10%. Whatever you can give or to give an offering, to bless somebody, to give. The, the focus is on giving. Do you see? Or to tithe. Don't be afraid. Because you won't become any richer by keeping that money anyway. You won't become richer by keeping that money anyway. Hallelujah. Yeah, you won't become any richer. It's, it, look, God, just believe it. You see, you have to live your life with total abandonment that God is in charge of your life. Do, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? And then there's nothing much you can do to make such a huge difference. It's just by the grace of God that life goes on. Life is what it is. Do you understand? It's by, it's by the message of God, as the scripture says, that we are not consumed. Just by the message of God. Just by the message of God. Hallelujah. So don't be afraid to sow a seed. And you see, one part of this is also to say that when you are blessed, sow a seed of saving some of the money. The Bible says that there is what seed time and harvest time. And if you read the book of Genesis, it also says that uh, there are what? The seven lean years and the seven fat years. Life is made of fat years and lean years. Let me show you a scripture. Do you want to know? Are, are you with me, church? Go to Ecclesiastes 7.14. Ecclesiastes 7.14. In the day of prosperity, be what? Go to NASB. I think it's a little bit um, easier to understand. In the day of prosperity, what do you do? What do you do when you prosper? But in the days of adversity, consider, God has made one as well as the other so that man will not discover anything that will be after him. Let's see another version. Message Bible, please. On a good day, enjoy yourself. On a bad day, examine your conscience. <laughs> Shabaya. On a good day, what do you do? What do you do when you are blessed? Enjoy yourself. Hallelujah. But on a bad day, when you are broke, it's a time for examining your conscience. God arranges for both kinds of days so that you won't take anything for granted. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes God takes things from us so that we also know the value of what we have. 
you lost the job. Now you know the value of a job. The car that you don't value broke down. And I said, wow, this is my 82 Corolla. Even though it doesn't have an airbag, at least it can take me to Manhattan and back. And God arranges that so that we appreciate life. So there are days of prosperity. And you see, as Christians, we must look ahead and realize that life will not be rosy all the time. Some that we Christians, excuse me to say, we are very dumb. Excuse me. We always think, oh, life will be rosy. Oh, that's for me. No, not life is not. The Bible says life is not like that. Life is not the reality of life. He said, that's why Solomon says something. He said, that divide your investments. Ecclesiastes 11, I think. He said, it divide your investments so you don't know the evil that will come. Do you get it? You don't know the evil. You must plan ahead. Look ahead. The Bible says, it tells of the, the ant. He says that the ant prepares its food for winter. He says, consider the ant, thou sluggard, that prepares its food for winter. Life is made of seasons of summer and seasons of winter. And in summertime, learn to hoard some of the money. Don't eat everything today. A time will come when you can't work. You'll be too weak to work or whatever. You've lost your job. And then what you've saved in summer is what you can fall on. But then you say, well... Oh, God is there. God will take care of us. Don't worry. Let's eat everything today. That is not scripture. The scripture says, you don't know the future. There's risk ahead. Always plan for it. It's not a sign of lack of faith. It's a wisdom thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And sometimes we Christians sometimes make very dumb decisions as if life will always be rosy. It will not be always rosy. God allows hard times in the life of unbelievers and in the life of believers as well. Do you understand what I'm saying? God allows what? Hard times, both the life believers. We all experience difficult moments. Do you understand? And so you have to prepare for the future. And not say that, well, I'm a Christian. Everything will be fine. Let's, for, let's forget about it. No, that is not the case. When you do that, you are rather tempting God. place is quiet. I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, let's not do dumb stuff. There's always risk ahead. You are going to be 65 one day. You are going to be 65 one day. You are going to retire one day. A time will come when your bones will be too weak to work. What are you going to do? Prepare for the future. Prepare for the future. Hallelujah. And the last law is enjoy some of your harvest. Enjoy. Tell neighbor, enjoy. 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 <laughs> Amen. Wonderful. Some people are unable to enjoy the blessings that God gives them. It is an evil disease to work hard and sow seeds, but unable to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Ecclesiastes 6.12 a man to whom God hath given riches, wealth, honor, so that he wanted nothing for his soul. Yet God does not give him power to eat, but a stranger eateth it. Give me the New Living Translation. Let me see what it says. In the few days of our empty lives, who knows how our days can be best spent? And who can tell what will happen in the future after we are gone? Verse 13, let's see what it says. 
Oh, no 13. Okay. Do, do, do you get it? Now look at um, Ecclesiastes 4.8, New Living Translation. Let me show you another one. Are you listening? Are you following me so far? Okay. It says that this is the case of a man who is all alone without child or brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Let me ask you, who are you working for? Are you working for the New York State government? <laughs> Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's a curse. And when God blesses you, part of what he gives is for you to enjoy. You must eat the fruits of what? Your labor. Why can't you buy yourself something nice? Who are you working for? <laughs> do, do you understand what I'm saying? You should be able to buy. You don't feel guilty. One day, a friend of mine was going for an interview uh, in another state, and he says that he doesn't want to go again. He's flew there twice, and he has to pay all the ticket by himself. And I was like, it's only $400. Just go if you get a job. Fine. If, you, if you don't get it, you have nothing to lose. And I told him that if your transmission breaks down right now, you will find $400 to give to the mechanic. So why don't you spend that money for yourself to get a job that you want in the state that you want to live and be happy? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's part of life. Because at the end of our, our days, eh, one of the things we're going to regret is also the things we did not enjoy. The places you didn't go to. You've told you, I'm going to go to France. You haven't been there. It's been 20 years. And you've been watching France on YouTube for a long time. You've become a YouTube tourist. <laughs> I'll be done in a minute. You've become a TV tourist. You know, just, just touring on. I was talking to a guy. He said he doesn't go anywhere. If his children want to go anywhere, he'll show it to them on YouTube. The places you didn't go to. The food you didn't eat. The states in America that you didn't go to. 50 states. What a blessing. It's like 50 countries that you can go without visa, without uh, passport. Just drive to Delaware, to Maine, eat some uh, lobsters in Maine, go to Canada for lunch, and come back on Monday to work. <laughs> uh, why haven't you been to Broadway? You live in New York right here. Yeah. Watch something. It's a gift of God. You see, let me tell you something. I, I was talking to a lady who said that she forced, worked hard, and built a house in New Jersey, right here, for his son. And then his son went to Hawaii, and his son said he's not coming back. That's where he wants to live. And so now he has to sell the house and not do anything with it. She worked hard. You killed yourself. Do you understand? At the expense, not that doing that is bad, but not at the expense of your life. Because you are also very important. You are more even important than your children. But if you are not there, the whole family is gone. Do you, do you get it? Yeah. Places to go to. Buy yourself something. I mean, when we went to a recent camp, Bishop said that, look, when you go from here, 
Buy yourself something. At the end of the day, ask yourself, who am I working for? Don't build a house somewhere whilst you're living as a pauper in another country and hoping that one day you will live in it. The house boy is sleeping in the house with his girlfriend. And you are sleeping in a one-bedroom house with your wife and three children. You bought a car somewhere and you are taking the bus. <laughs> do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? You bought a nice Lexus in another country and it's collecting dust. And you are using public transport. When are you going to enjoy life? I don't know whether I'm preaching to somebody or not. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So eating the fruit of your labor is part of God's... That's why I was, you know, everyone was asking me to share this about, about couples when you make money, you see. Even if you have one paycheck, it doesn't matter. It's for both of you. And each member of the family, well, two of you, at least you need some of the money for yourself. Without your husband's permission. Because a husband can't appreciate everything a wife wants to buy. My wife said that buys things. I said, well... <laughs> I mean... Some... A book reader that has some light on top, but she doesn't like reading a lot too. <laughs> And then she gives the book, the light thing to me. But sometimes, see, do you know the reason why people buy clothes, even though they have a lot? Because wearing new clothes sometimes gives you a sense of a new beginning. Freshness. You, you, are even, you feel like going to work all over again. You feel like going to church all over again. You feel like just starting life all over again. Do, do you understand? So buying clothes is not about... Having enough clothes. It's about um, the, the feeling. Everyone say feeling. It's about the feeling. I'll show you a scripture and then I'm going to end right here. <laughs> oh, are you, are you enjoying the message? When Rev come, will you give him a good report for me that I didn't deceive you? Okay, I beg you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. Let me show Do, do you understand? So sometimes when you buy new clothes, don't you feel good? Do you get it? Yeah, you need money to just freshen up. There's a scripture that says that put on cologne or something like that. Let me show you. Uh, it's in... It's in um, let, let, where it says, let your garments always be white. Can okay, you help me find that? Ecclesiastic somewhere, right? Okay, whoever finds it will get a new iPad. From your own paycheck. Uh-huh. Uh, give, give us verse 7, let's see. So go ahead. Go to verse 6. Okay, go to verse 7. Go ahead, eat your food. Drink your wine with a happy heart. For God approves of this. Did, 
wear fine clothes with a dash of cologne. <laughs> it doesn't mean that go and blow all your money. Over. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> you get it? Then live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of the life that God has given you in this world. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. What did you say? I should read it again. Go back, go back. Live happily. Oh, let's go back to verse 7, please. Let's all read it together. Are we in a church? One, two, three, go. Verse 8. Verse 9. The Bible has spoken for itself. John, what do you think? Say, so live happily. Live, live happily. Stop all the fighting. Arguing over fish. And wet towels. Look, live happily. Choose happiness. Amen. Choose happiness. Because at the end of the day, you realize that even all your achievements don't even make a difference. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you even remember the person who invented penicillin? Do you even remember them? How many of you here think of Steve Jobs every day, even though you are using his phone? You don't even think about them. It's at the end of even your achievements. That's why you enjoy the journey whilst you're going on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Decide. Listen, decide to have moments of happiness in your life. And I'm going to be happy. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm taking a break. I am tired. I need to refresh myself. The Bible says on the seventh day, God stopped all his work and he was refreshed. I saw that way. If the almighty God even needs to refresh himself, how much more you? It comes a time where you're, you're, you can't bear any more load. Having to see trucks, they say that load capacity. Trucks even have a time when the load is too much. They have to stop. Hallelujah. Enjoy your life. It's the only thing that you, you, you don't share with anybody. And that's the gift that God has given you. Hallelujah. And as God blesses you with seeds, remember, number one, sow some of it. And number two, enjoy some of it. That is the gift of God. God richly bless you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Why don't you close your eyes? Let's make an altar call at this time. If you're here, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. We are making this altar call. Maybe some people might be listening to this on tape. And we're asking you that if you're here, you don't know Christ as your Savior. You want to say, Pastor, pray for me. God can sow a seed in your life, a seed of salvation, a seed of new life, a seed of forgiveness in your life 
that every sin you've ever committed in this world will be forgiven. If you are here just like that, raise your hand. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I don't know him, but today I want to begin a new relationship with him if you're here like that just raise your hand wherever you are all heads bowed and eyes closed anybody here anybody here i just want to pray with you shortly i uh, want to give your life to jesus thank you and uh, we're just waiting for you don't be shy just raise your hand wherever you are we're not calling to embarrass you just raise your hand we're not gonna say a short prayer with you as you decide to bring your life to jesus thank you anybody going down three two one Father, we thank you for this time. Even if there's anybody here who is not saved, we pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to convict them. Amen. May the words they heard today be a seed Amen. that would generate a harvest of salvation in their lives. Amen. We thank you in Jesus' name. We pray that, Lord, may we become sowers of seeds. May we never lack any good thing. Amen. May we respect this law that you've given us. Amen. That there is seed time, there is harvest time. Give us the grace, O oh God, to give. Amen. Deliver us from stinginess and selfishness. Amen. I pray also that give us the power to enjoy the fruits of our labor. Amen. We thank you in Jesus' name. And the people of God say amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. You may have your seats whilst we bring. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.